Now, for the show that brings combat sports stories to life from the great state of Ohio, this is Forged in Ohio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 25 of Forged in Ohio. My name is Jake Murrin, and I'm the host of the podcast. And I have another huge episode planned for you all today as we're a quarter of the way to 100 episodes. Today I have a 4-0 amateur fighter joining me from Canton, Ohio. He's had an electric start to his MMA career and you should recognize him as he was the second ever guest on Forged in Ohio. That was all the way back on November 2nd of last year. Joining me in studio for the second time is Luke McMurtry. Thanks for coming in and welcome back to the show, Luke. Yo, yo. Thanks for having me, Jake. I'm excited to talk, man. Yeah, man, I am too, and it's great to get you back in studio for a second time now. As many listeners likely know, you picked up your fourth win at Cage Thunder 20 at the beginning of the month. How does it feel to be 4-0 now? It feels super good, especially just to defend that uh, that O. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, I was a little bit disappointed in my performance, but uh, I won all three rounds. I feel like I definitely still dominated them, so can't complain with another win. Yeah, it was 30-27 on all three judges' scorecards, of course. I do want to get into that fight in much more detail. I kind of want to talk about the day and a couple weeks before the fight, how you were preparing going into it. We're obviously going to talk about the fight against Dylan Davenport and where you go from here. If anyone is interested in learning more about Luke's story, definitely check out episode two of Forge in Ohio to discover his story and the first three finishes of his career. Focusing on the day of Cage Thunder 20, though, talk to me about how you were feeling on fight day. Fight day, you know, I felt I felt pretty much the same as any fight day. I was pretty calm during the day, kept it lighthearted. You know, I had a couple of my teammates on the card too, so I spent a lot of the day with them, just kind of, you know, relaxed and chill. And then as every time I fought so far, toward when the fight got closer, I got pretty nervous. But uh, I think if you're not at least a little bit nervous before a fight, you're probably going in there to get hurt. So I don't mind the nerves. Yeah, we had talked beforehand at weigh-ins about how you sold some more tables and tickets than usual and how that put some more pressure on you with those nerves. How were the nerves heading into the fight compared to others in your career? I think, yeah, that is a good point. You know, I sold a lot of tickets, and uh, I think the whole, you know, Alex Henry made that awesome uh, pre-fight video for me in the interview, and I had sponsors for this fight, and you know, all that together, I think, kind of put a little bit more pressure on me, feeling like I needed to go in there and it put on a good performance and obviously definitely win. Um, I guess just the attention, the attention from the promotion and that kind of thing. So that definitely put a little more pressure on me leading up to it. But once I was about to go in there and fight, it was just like any other fight. I kind of forgot about all of that and just focus on going in there and, and fighting with this dude. I know weigh-ins were kind of a mess before Cage Thunder 20. (laughs) In terms of cutting down to featherweight, though, you posted on Facebook that you cut over 30 pounds in just a month and a half. Yeah. Talk to me about making weight for this fight, man. Uh, I mean, it's been hard every time, but it was hard. I think I let myself get so freaking fat, too, from uh, (laughs) whenever I fought. I think it was October 1st when I fought uh, Briar. Um, Between then and... And getting ready for this fight, I mean, Christmas and Thanksgiving and all that good stuff. I think I let myself get a little bit fat. I stayed in shape, you know, cardio-wise. I was still in the gym all the time, but definitely eating and, and drinking good. So uh, I think I got a little bit heavier than I usually walk around at. So this cut was a little bit harder than usual. But, you know, business as usual. Got it done. Yeah, it was funny because Alex Henry, you mentioned his name. I was talking to him. Last time we did this, last November, you came in. You were still super, you know, thin and whatnot. I was like, all right, yeah, he's in great shape. And Alex was like, 
no, he's fat in that picture you took with him. He is fat. And then I saw you <laughs> earlier this month at weigh-ins, and you were literally super, super thin, like a twig right. out there, right. cutting down to featherweight. Talk about those weigh-ins, because I mentioned it. The weigh-ins were kind of a mess at Caged Under 20. I know the commission was running late. How frustrating was that on your end as a fighter – being dehydrated, all those things going into the fight. It was frustrating. And, I mean, I, I honestly love those guys at Cage Thunder. Scott and Randy and Eric, all those guys always treated me super well. So I'm not complaining about them or anything. But definitely, uh, <laughs> I don't think I was the only one, but I was definitely very frustrated with what was going on at weigh-ins. I already came late because I, I figured, you know, something like that might be going on, and sure enough. And then still we were just – Everyone waiting around, waiting for them to get these scales set up, and they were just taking so long. I'm sure, I'm sure you probably heard me chirping mm -hmm. a little bit. So, yeah, just it, it was a bit frustrating. But once I got on the scale and was able to get some, some liquid in me and some food, I was, <laughs> I was like, all right, maybe I was overreacting a little bit. But, yeah, a little bit frustrating. It's all good. That's what happens in this, in this game. And at that point, day of weigh-ins, how long had you have gone without drinking or eating much food? I would say I didn't drink anything Friday. Thursday, I drank very, very small amount. And uh, I actually got most of my water weight, weight out Thursday night, which I think was a mistake. Mm. I didn't. I think I sat in the sauna too long and got most of the weight out then. And then I kind of had to sit through Friday. And I was like, okay, I'm close to being on weight, but now I just got to, like, sit through a full day feeling dehydrated and, and hungry. But, uh, yeah, it had been definitely probably a day and a half, almost two days at that point. So... I was a little right. bit, little bit uh, hangry, a little bit irritated, but... <laughs> yeah, so the topic of your go-to food after a big win has come up a lot here recently on Forge in Ohio. For okay. Miles Robinson, it was cheeseburgers. For Jarrell Hodge, it was any type of fast food fry that he could get his hands on. <laughs> for you, for Luke McMurtry, what's your go-to food after a big win or when you can finally indulge yourself after a weight cut like that? Um, usually, at the night of, we all go to uh, Jersey's down on uh, Fulton and get pizza there. Their pizza's so good. But uh, me and my, my mentor and my someone I'd call probably one of my closest friends, uh, Drew Schottenheimer, every time we are on a card together, we'll go the next day to the uh, the Irish Pub and Grill. Over, it's over on the intersection of uh, Wales and Hills and Dales if you're near the area. But, um, yeah, we'll go there, and that's kind of like our, our little uh, – our celebration meal, our celebration time is the Sunday after the fights. So that's kind of, that's what I would say my celebration meal is. As for what I get there for the food itself, I usually, all over the menu, man, <laughs> a little bit of everything. I actually usually get sick Sunday night yeah. just from just from overeating and my stomach's not used to that, you know, all the lean meat and stuff you're eating, trying to diet, get, getting ready for that fight, so. Yeah, the wind feels good, I'm sure, being able to drink and eat whatever you want afterwards sure. feels just as good, I'm sure. Something I noticed about this fight was how respectful both you and Davenport were toward one another. Everyone knew it was going to be a scrap. Everyone knew you were both exciting fighters, but egos were put aside and almost seemed like you were friendly with Davenport. What's that like fighting a guy where there isn't that animosity towards one another? I, I hate it, man. Honestly, really? it's so. Uh, and honestly, uh, one of the other guys I fought was the same way. Uh, just knowing that they're like a cool guy and that you'd probably be cool with them if you weren't about to fight them makes it honestly harder for me to go out there and get in that frame of mind where you're like, okay, I need to, I need to break this guy right now. Um, yeah, Davenport was, I mean, I couldn't speak highly enough of the dude's character. He was super cool. Honestly, I thought he was messing with me at first. When I first got to the weigh-ins, he like came up and dapped me up, gave me a hug and everything and was like, hey, 
you know, how are you? The scale's not here and all that and being super nice to me. And I was like, this dude's like playing mind games with me or something <laughs> or what? But no, like just super cool dude, man. So, and, and I'm pretty much that way to anyone, unless you give me a reason not to like you. I'm, I usually am respectful of, of whoever I'm standing across the cage from. So him and I both being that type of person, I think, yeah, we probably seemed like we were cool with each other and we were, uh, you know, so, but yeah, to answer your question, it, it makes it harder. I think for me personally to fight someone who seems like a cool person. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because I know some fighters don't respond well when there is that animosity. They kind of fight as if they are angry and don't fight composed with the best fight IQ. But for you, it seems like it's the opposite. When you go in there, it kind of gives you something to fight for, it sounds like. Sure. How many experiences have you had like that in your career? Of course, you're 4-0, only four fights. This one, kind of cordial between you and your opponent. How many fights have you had where there is that animosity, there is that tension? Um, I would say really only my fight with Briar, and I think me and him are cool. I, and this is, you know, no disrespect on him. I'm not here to talk bad about anyone, but uh, I know going up to that fight, I think there was some words said on his part online about maybe certain people at my gym or this and that or the level my gym is at, and I knew there was a little bit of, of something there. So uh, that was probably the closest I had to having a, a, an instance where I was going into a fight being like, all right, I want to break this dude. I want to mm -hmm. show him what's up. So, yeah, other than that, I mean, everyone I fought has seemed like a, a you know, decent person, <laughs> cool yeah. guy, so, yeah. Talking to Luke McMurtry on Forge in Ohio, let's break down the fight now. I know you're upset that you lost your 100% finish rate, right. but you won every single round, like you mentioned. How would you grade your performance out there? Um, I think watching from someone else's standpoint, I would grade it well. I mean, I think I did, I did the right thing. I knew if we did go to the ground... He, he, I knew he was gonna he was gonna want me in his guard, which is where he had me, and he was gonna be working submissions. So I was ready for that. But um, I don't know. I think just the disappointing part was I really thought, first of all, that I was gonna be able to finish him. And I really, I mean, I really trained hard for the past two months before this fight on my stand up. I mean, just all stand up. Obviously, I worked my my wrestling too, but I was just ready to stand and bang with him. And the first two rounds, both times, both times it went to the ground. He initiated the clinch. And I'm like, you know, if, if they're going to clinch up with me, then okay, we can wrestle too. But, yeah, I was ready to, to stand and, and try and bang with him. But um, he was – he was he's, he's like a little spider monkey, man. I couldn't get – I mean, even creating space when I did have him down, I was able to do it, but it was hard, especially in the third round when I think he might have accepted that he probably wasn't going to win the fight. He just – he was just holding on to me so tightly I couldn't create that space. So that was what was a little frustrating to me. Yeah, and something you mentioned, too, your submission defense was very impressive because he was just trying to throw anything he really could at you right. from bottom, kind of giving you that north-south choke in the second round even. Talk to me a little bit about that preparation going into the fight of how resilient you were in the cage, not giving up things like triangle chokes and things like that. Sure. I mean, I think a lot of the guys at my gym at Victory are, are very good at grapplers. So, you know, I'm already getting that experience every day fighting off submissions. But, um, yeah, I think I, I was just I, – I knew it was coming. I knew he was going to throw those, those, you know, submissions from guard. I mean, like the Kimura and the arm bar and the triangle. So I was ready for him, man. You landed some vicious ground and pound in the first round. Was there ever a moment in the opening round of the fight where you thought you could have won by finish? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Like you could probably see that when I first started teeing off on him, I mean – Props to him, dude. He's tough. I, w I mean, I know I can hit hard, and I was hitting him pretty hard. So yeah. he, he withstood it, and uh, 
you know, was able to uh, withstand that ground and pound. So props to him. I thought I was going to finish him a couple times, honestly, when I started teeing off on him, but he hung with me. And then in the second round, you nearly got your second win by North-South choke. Oh, I know. I was so... How close were you to getting the submission, man? So I, I had to have been close. Even yeah. if you watch the fight, it, his face was just beat red. I thought he was going to go out, honestly. I had it so tight, but, dude, he fought it hard. He was he, dude, he was a fighter, man. He fought it hard, and I, I had to give up on it because he was just about... I think he was about to slip out. And honestly, my arms got kind of tired, so right. I was like, all right, I'm not going to fight for this submission for two minutes, so... But yeah, man, I was even, I remember during the fight when I had it, I was like, oh, I'm going to get another north-south <laughs> choke finish. This is awesome, but ugh, I couldn't pull it off. Right, and your teammate Cody Anthony all in commentary, I think he was <laughs> yelling, tap or nap, tap or nap, and then eventually, you know, the arm fatigue for you, and then his just resilience, I guess, sure. being able to escape from that choke. While there were moments in that fight where you were close to finishing him, the fight did end 30-27, unanimous decision for you. How did you hold up going all three rounds for the first time in your career? I felt great, man. Honestly, that's one of my biggest attributes, I think, as a fighter. I don't think anyone I'll ever fight is going to have better cardio than me or or be ready to, to go hard as I will for three rounds. I mean, honestly, at the end of that fight, I didn't even feel tired. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm ready to fight as long as I need to. That, that has no effect on me. Was it a kind of a surreal experience going to the judges' scorecards for the first time? I know it was a pretty convincing win. It's not like you were worried sure. about losing the fight, but just having to hear the judges' scorecards being read for one of your fights. Yeah, it was cool. Just, uh, you know, that's my first time experiencing that, so it was cool. I remember I was still at the time, especially after the third round, I was a little frustrated because that was the round he kind of held on to me the most. I couldn't do much except for fight submissions. So as soon as I got up, I was kind of like, a little sour and Terry my coach was like put your hands up go put your hand I was like oh yeah so then I put my hands up just to I think that just kind of like confirms that you won you know it looks good to to everyone just to kind of confirm that win but um yeah it was a cool experience man hearing them read the scores off and everything and then after the fight you posted on social media saying that your fists hurt which isn't surprising after getting into a fist fight <laughs> overall though how is your health after the fight good I mean he you can see he definitely caught me with some uh with a couple of good shots in the first round. My face was sore. I don't bruise super easily, so it didn't look too banged up. But yeah, my face was a little sore, but mostly I've never come out of, of a fight where my like knuckles actually hurt. Mm. And my fists were definitely sore. Uh, I broke skin on some of my knuckles, so like I said, he's a tough dude. He's got a hard head, I can say that. <laughs> How long does it take for the knuckles and the skin to kind of heal after that kind of win? Yeah, they feel like probably a week, honestly. Yeah. A week later, I felt fine, so... You're still very young at 25 years old. What does a fight like that mean for your career in terms of getting the cage time and experience needed to be successful in MMA? Uh, I think, you know, despite I, I don't really view it as a super interesting fight, which is that's all right. I think that was part of the frustrating part, too. It's just I really want to go out there and put out like one of those banger fights. just like my dude Nick Nash does. <laughs> I want to go out there and have people cheering and that kind of, you know, that fight. I mean, I wouldn't say it was boring, but it wasn't the most interesting fight. But even that being said, I think it's, you know, still a good experience. I mean, it's definitely not a negative experience for my career. Um, having to fight that type of a fighter, you know, there's all kinds of different fighters. And that guy was uh, definitely a jiu-jitsu fighter and likes mm -hmm. fighting off his back. And I guess that's just, you know, the experience of knowing I can still not put someone away, but beat someone of that type of, you know, fighting style is good. So, you know, positive for the career. Not complaining. You mentioned Nick Nash, and I'm going to put a pin <laughs> on that because I'm going to ask you about Nick Nash later on in the podcast. Sure. 
with this fight against Dylan Davenport, is there anything that you can kind of take away from this fight that you can use to elevate your game moving forward? Um, I would say not in particular. I think what I knew, I think I knew, despite what other people might have thought, that if we went to the ground, that was what was going to happen. So despite just, you know, more time in that cage, just more time to let myself get comfortable being in there, which is hard for me. Uh, other than that, you know, not really. Yep. I would say that's about it. We talked about your gym at Victory MMA a lot when you joined me for the first time on Forge in Ohio. Unfortunately for the team, I think you were the only winner from Victory who fought at Cage Thunder 20. What were the emotions like after the fight with the teammates? Uh, yeah, that's, you know, that was always hard. And uh, we, so we, maybe we have some adjustments to make. But it was it's hard for me definitely being around them because I don't want to be, you know, yeah. that one guy who's, who's in celebration mode when other people might not be in that mode. But um, I think the people who prepared for their fights still fought good, and uh, especially Brandon Builder. I mean, watching his fight, it was honestly a lot cooler to watch than I think mine was, so at least he put on a cool performance. But, uh, yeah, definitely it was uh, definitely hard, you know, for the mix of emotions going on in the back. And what's that like for the coaches having to balance, you know, on your side, a big win for you becoming 4-0, and and then on the other things where you're having fighters lose a pro debut or a pro fight, and a title fight, too. Uh, right. I think, um, yeah, like I said, I can't speak too much on what they're thinking, but uh, definitely some adjustments to be made, and I think we're gonna, they're going to go yeah. about making those adjustments here soon. So, What's that like for you being able to watch teammates fight in a title bout? Because I think it's two in a row, right? Cage Thunder 19 was Cody Anthony and then Cage Thunder 20 yeah. you just mentioned. What's that like being able to take a back seat and watch a teammate fight for a title? It's, in one aspect, it's kind of just like any other fight, but at the same time, it definitely gets me pumped up more. Watching Cody's got me amped up to want to get that belt, you know, just holding his belt backstage. I was like, oh, man, I want, I want one of these for myself. <laughs> but, um, you know, yeah, I think uh, it's almost kind of just like watching any other fight. Honestly, you know, you feel the same way. You just want the best for him, want him to win. Uh, watching Brandon's fight, I was, de I mean, I was just rooting so hard for him because me and him uh, – really trained a lot together this camp. We were kind of training partners for most of the camp. So just working with him every day and, and watching all the work he put in, I was just really hoping that work was going to pay off for him. And I don't think it didn't pay off. I think he fought a really good fight. You know, I think, honestly, that fight could have gone either way. Mm -hmm. um, but it went one way, and that's the way it is. You know, that's the fight game. So. And at Cage Thunder 20, Cody Anthony not only doing commentary, but he kind of got involved a little bit, had a little face-off with Hunter Watt, who was formerly yeah. on Forge in Ohio. I'm not sure if you know much about Hunter Watt at all, but Cody Anthony, I know you're very familiar with him. What do you make of like that standoff that happened in the cage, a fight after your fight? What did what, you make of that scene? I, I just caught it for a second. I didn't even know what was going on, but that was pretty cool they did that. But, um, yeah, I guess uh, if that's a fight they're trying to make, Definitely, that dude, I don't know too much about him, Hunter Watt, but he, I mean, watching him fight, he seems like he's a stud for sure. But hey, man, I'll tell you what, Cody Anthony, he's a stud too. I mean, that dude put in so much work for his title fight. I mean, he lives like an hour, 45 minutes away from our gym, and he was there every day, first one in, getting that cardio in before he worked out and just and working hard, man. So watching him get that first-round finish just honestly felt so much even better just knowing how much work he put in, so... I wouldn't count Cody out of any fight, man. He puts the work in. He puts his head down and puts the work in. So, And he won by triangle choke, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I was there in attendance that night. I think it was Foster sitting behind me from the team. Okay. And he was like, 
I have never seen him put up a triangle <laughs> choke in my life. Definitely not. Me neither. Yeah. That's not something I didn't know he was going to pull that out, but he got it, man. It was awesome. That's an incredible win for the team. Once again, we're joined by Luke McMurtry here on Forge in Ohio. Let's talk about what's next for you after Cage Thunder 20. I've been looking <coughs> forward to talking about this because I know you have gold on your mind. Are we getting Luke McMurtry in a Cage Thunder featherweight title fight next? I mean, I, I told the promoters, man, next time I fight, I think it should be for gold. As for the person who's holding it, I don't know what his plan is. I don't know what the promotion's plan is. But at this point, I'm ready to fight whoever, man. I just want my, I just want my chance, you know, to get that belt around my waist. So uh, we'll see what happens. There's also some other factors going on kind of behind the scenes that I won't touch on right now just because I don't want to feel like I'm disrespecting anybody. But um, I don't know. I can't answer for sure, but that's definitely on my mind before the end of this year. I do want a chance to, to fight for that, for that belt. Interesting. So you said the current title holder, of course, that's Ty Meese, who won the featherweight title at Cage Thunder 19 in February. Do you know what's going on with him? Is he going to defend it? Is he turning pro, or could that potentially be what's next for you? Uh, I'm not too sure. I know uh, I've heard that he doesn't want to go pro. I've heard that he's going pro. I've heard that he is going to fight. I don't know. I know he just uh, posted something. like It was like fight news. I think he's fighting for OCL in June. That would be my guess. But um, I don't know. I honestly don't know what the dude's plans are. But um, I know what my plans are. And if he wants to stay and defend that belt, I'm I'm down to fight with Ty. That could be cool. Absolutely. I know you were in attendance at Cage Thunder 19. What was it like watching the main event between two guys fighting for the featherweight title? Did you feel like they were fighting for something that was ultimately going to be yours, or that <laughs> you should have been there? Was that kind of like an out of body experience watching those guys fight for the featherweight title that you right now? are kind of on track to potentially be fighting for next? Sure. I think, I was. I mean, yeah, you're right. I was definitely tuned into that fight, you know, and I kind of had an idea of who was going to win that fight, which they did. I, I figured Ty had that in the bag. But um, as as for if I felt like it should be in the, me in there, not yet, you know. I knew I, I, I at that point, had that uh, agreed to the fight with Dylan, so that I had that on my mind. But, uh, yeah, man, I had a close eye on that fight, and I figured Ty was going to win, and I was thinking, you know, the scenario where me and him may have to fight for it. So, yeah. So, Ty Meese, he's a talented and experienced guy. He has an 11-5 and record. I know he also has a win over Dylan Bush, one of your close friends and teammates at Victory. Yeah. How much do you want to get in the cage with Meese? Uh, I'll be honest with you, man. I'm not the kind of guy to come on here and be like, I could, I could beat anyone. I'm not scared of anyone. I mean, I'm not scared of anyone, but I'm not necessarily wanting to fight Ty. I mean, the dude's been fighting since, what, 2000. 15 or something like that he's got almost 20 fights it almost has me sitting here wondering what are you doing even fighting guys who are four and one or five like what you know I almost feel like why aren't you taking that next step up in competition I mean he's got the record he's I in my opinion should be taking that step so I don't necessarily want to fight someone of that caliber I, the dude's a stud I'm not gonna lie but that being said I, I really want that belt and if that means I gotta fight with him then I'm more than ready to, to do that for sure you know yeah, it sounds like you almost want to take the route that is the smartest for your career. Right. You know, you're 4-0, maybe fighting an 11-5 guy doesn't make perfect sense for you next. Exactly. Maybe fighting another guy that's 4-0 or somewhere around that range would kind of help you in your development and your skills. Is that kind of what you're eyeing right now exactly. in your career? Sure, yeah. And, you know, I run all, by, all my fights by Drew and Terry, my coaches, just to make sure it's a good fight for me. And I don't, at this point in my career, don't know if that would be the greatest fight for me, like you said, but... You know, like I already said, whoever's got the belt, that's who I'm trying to fight with. So it is what it is. If it's someone of that caliber, then it's someone of that caliber. I'll go in there and, and throw with them.
So Mies fought at KH Thunder 19, you fought at KH Thunder 20, so the timing looks like it could work out if this were to happen. When would you like to return to the cage, though? I think their next card is, is May 20th. Obviously, there's no way I'm, I'm fighting that early. But um, I don't know. I had a date mentioned to me August 5th. I don't. I mean, there's no legitimacy to that, I don't think. It's just some something that Randy threw out to me. But uh, I don't know. I definitely want to get at least like two or three more in this year. I know they, they're having an event at the Canton Civic Center in December. Definitely want to get on that. But um, I, I can't say for sure when I'm trying to fight next. I guess whenever I get called on for that title shot. Yeah, it seems like Cage Thunder, they do a card every other month right now. Right. Or at least that's what it seems. August, though, it seems a little bit too far. It seems like you kind of would want to get in there in the middle of the summer months. Maybe, yeah. I mean, that definitely is a little far, but at the same time, I think it would also depend on who I'm fighting. True. If I did get paired up with someone like Ty, I mean, that dude is someone who someone of my skill level might need a little more time to prepare for. I mean, so it just depends on a lot of different factors. We'll have to see. So if it's not a guy like Ty and say it's not for the featherweight title, is there anybody else that might be on your radar in the featherweight rankings in Ohio that you would want to share the cage with for a Cage Thunder event? On my radar? I don't know. I can't really I can't really speak any names right now. Yeah. No one really on my radar. I just pretty I'll just fight whoever, you know, comes up, whoever they offer me. If it's a good fight, I'll take it. So right. Na- names don't mean a whole lot to me. It's almost like I, I was just listening to your your episode with Rel Hodge, the last one, which mm-hmm. by the way, awesome dude. I love that dude. Got a yeah. chance to meet him a couple months back. But um it's like he said, he was like, you know, I don't really care about your name or, or who you are, who you fought, you know. That's not me. So I'm kinda I'm kinda kind of the same way in that sense. I'm not really worried about who's who or, or what caliber you are to, to a certain extent. You know, names don't mean a whole lot to me. I'm, I'm ready to fight whoever, you know. Yeah, and right now you are ranked third for your weight class among active Ohio amateur fighters, so it will be exciting. Hopefully your next fight is a very exciting one, potentially sure. for featherweight gold. I certainly hope that's the case for you. One more thing I have to ask you about, though, is Cage Thunder 21. We mentioned his name, Nasty Nick Nash, your teammate in the main event going up against Kyle Crum for the light heavyweight title. What do you think about the fight as you kind of laugh when I mentioned Kyle Crum's <laughs> name? You know, no disrespect to anybody, but uh, my personal opinion, I kind of know Kyle and I know Nick very well. I mean, he's a close friend of mine. Uh, I just think Nick does whatever he wants to him, man. Mm-hmm. I really think that Nick is going to get that finish in that fight in, in any way, you know, on his feet or on the ground. I just think he outclasses Kyle. Again, no disrespect. I'm not here to talk bad about anyone, but... That's just my opinion. I think Nick outclasses him everywhere in a fight. So I hope Kyle, you know, I hope he's training, man. I hope he's training hard. How would you see that fight ending? If I had to say, I think, I mean, this is how I would see it going. I think Kyle would come out and and he'll come out strong like he does, you know, super hard. And once he realizes that Nick could come out like that too, he might try to take it to the ground. And Nick's even more deadly on the ground. And I think Kyle's just going to get smothered and he's going to be either looking for a way out or finding one by Nick's way out, you know, either way. So, yeah, I, I don't see it going the distance. Yeah, well, a teammate fighting for gold, hopefully that'll be the case for you very soon. Before we wrap up, anything you want to shout out in terms of social media handles, sponsorships, the floor is yours. Um, Yeah, I mean, not too much to say, man. Just thanks to my guys at the gym, thanks to my sponsors, uh, Drew, Brandon, Dylan, all those guys who I work with at the gym, man, all y'all, I appreciate it, and uh, – Yeah, that's really all I can say. 
All right. Well, thank you for coming in studio again for the second time, Luke. I appreciate you more than you know for doing this twice now. Oh, yeah. You're absolutely. already familiar with how I like to end interviews here on Fortune, <laughs> Ohio. You passed the test the first time around. So, OH. I.O., baby. Thanks, Luke. Congratulations on the win at Cage Thunder 20 again. I'm excited to see gold wrapped around your waist sooner rather than later. And hopefully, we can do this for a third time when that happens. Absolutely. That was Luke McMurtry, the 4-0 amateur mixed martial artist whose ceiling in this sport could not be higher. I know he wanted to keep his 100% finish rate, but it was still a great showing at Caged Thunder 20. And a performance like that is very valuable in the career of a fighter who is still only 25 years old. Again, if you want to learn more about Luke's story and the first three finishes that he's had in his career, I urge you to check out episode two of the show. If you haven't listened to it yet, then you're definitely missing out. That is going to do it for episode 25 of Forged in Ohio, a quarter of the way to 100 episodes, and we'll be there before you know it. Support the podcast by downloading episodes while you're listening, and don't forget to follow at Forged in Ohio on Instagram. Until next week, I've been your host, Jake Marin, and this was Forged in Ohio.